0: Before I leave you to enjoy the episode, I'm going to ask you for a very small favor. Please tell your friends about the show and help me help as many men as possible with their mental health. Now, I know they might not be able to speak up or ask for help, but maybe, just maybe, by listening to these remarkable stories, something will resonate with them. I truly appreciate your support on this, and thank you for listening. welcome to a new episode of don't be a man about it podcast today my guest mike ayameli is a brand strategist and the sensitivity mapper hi mike
1: hi thanks so much for uh, having me Ray.
0: you're most welcome how are you and happy new year
1: yeah thank you happy new year um, i'm not too bad you know i'm excited to be here today and this is gonna be a fun conversation
0: awesome so mike let's start with the first question i ask my guests
1: How is your heart doing today? How is my heart doing today? I think pretty well. I mean, I get to do work that I love. I get to hang out with you. That's pretty cool. Um, I get to be in this beautiful home and, um, you know, be around my dogs all day. And my husband is not here today. So he's a medical (laughs) professional. Uh, Right. COVID, he's been home a lot more, but fortunately he's in clinic today. And I love Thursdays because I've got the space to myself again.
0: Well, I can sense it from your tone. So good for you. <laughs> so, Mike, who is Mike?
1: Behind who is Mike? Question? Isn't that a great question? Yes. Well, you know, I think the easiest way for me to answer that question is aligned, zany, free, unmistakable, successful, and vulnerable. And I know that sounds really weird to everybody listening, but I promise you it will make sense by the end of this conversation. You know, I spent so much time trying to figure out who I am and I, you know, early on in life, I built a really successful PR agency and um, I thought, well, this is it, right? I worked with celebrities. I worked with big name, you know, tech people and healthcare people. This was my big purpose. And then I woke up one day and I was vomiting blood and that didn't stop for a few months. And it really made me question everything I knew or believed about myself. And as I was going through this process of doctor to doctor, couldn't figure out what was wrong with me, I started trying alternative therapies. And I started saying, well, let me open to new things. I was never the person into alternative therapies, let me try this. And as I was going through that, um, one of my roommates was a medical professional, and he kind of became my caretaker. I couldn't drive myself to appointments, I couldn't get places. And he started really taking care of me. And there was some point in this process that I realized something had shifted. And I think had I not felt like I was about to die, I might not have acted on it, but I thought, I mean, I can die tomorrow. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm vomiting blood daily. And I said to him, you know, Garrett, this is strange. And I don't, it doesn't feel romantic. It doesn't feel sexual, but something is happening here. And that started probably two months of conversations that then went to two years of exploring, can this be a relationship? Can this work? And so all of this is happening. While I'm trying to heal myself, I realized somewhere in there that I have to leave my job and there's something more for me. And so, you know, as I began to navigate that, I'm happy to say, you know, we're now married for three years. We've been together for nine years. Um, You know, I wrote an article about this and overnight, 100,000 people shared it. And so I was totally freaked out because everybody's talking (laughs) about my personal life. Everybody's talking about my sex life on the internet. Um, I did not expect this to happen to me. And somebody dropped a book deal in my lap. And so I wrote a book and I I didn't love the book deal. I I mean, my book's great, but I didn't love going on book tour, any of that. And I thought I'm a mess. And like... Am I my relationship? Because that's how half the world wants to define me. Am I my job? Because that job just went away. Am I my health? Like what, who am I really? And it took me a long time of looking through, you know, every life purpose book and every webinar and realizing, you know, okay, I've got it. I finally figured it out. Like everything I've done has failed, but I meant to create a blogging course. And I knew this because this blogging course is going to be, sorry, what'd you say?
0: I'm getting a sense it wasn't that either.
1: It was not that, you are correct. But I, at this moment, right? Because all these books tell me, well, figure out what the world wants from you, figure yeah. out you know, who you are and find that middle point. I thought, well, every life purpose book I've read has told me this, this is it. I was you know, big in PR. I have this viral article. I wrote a book. I was a you know, health coach and healer. Like this is the only thing that makes sense. And so I put everything, every last dollar I had into this course. I, you know, have the fancy lighting kit and a business partner and a marketing person, like you name it, because it's one of those things that when you feel like you know your purpose with absolute certainty, everyone tells you, you got to go pro, you got to go for it. I thought, well, this is it. I just got to do it. And I put it out into the world and I think five people bought it. It was a colossal failure. I lost all of my money and I was going to have to now beg my partners after a year to take me back at the PR firm because I didn't even know if I could get a job at my own company. And it was so embarrassing. And I said, well, you know what? I'm gonna host a failure celebration. And that failure celebration is really just to say, like, at least I worked on myself. I tried some things, like, I'm just gonna try something. And so I went into a Facebook group I was a part of, and I offered them um, five or six free branding sessions from work I did in PR because I wasn't successful, but maybe they could be. So I offered these free sessions and um you know i worked all day long like it was back to back to back all day i had to stop sessions to pee but i just said i'm putting it out there this is my failure celebration and i'm used to working with you know tech entrepreneurs and executives and healthcare politicians but these were artists and entrepreneurs and healers and life coaches and therapists and all types of cool people And every single one of them that day said to me, Mike, you didn't just tell me my brand. You explained to me my life purpose in a way I've never understood. And so I'm sitting there and this isn't a moment you forget easily. I'm like, what the, like, what what is happening? That doesn't make sense to me. So I went through the same process I did with them, which is just mapping every moment of our lives, mapping the, because the truth is, we all ha- we pull levers every time we're successful. There are certain things we, in every moment of success in our life, we've pulled the same levers. Now, we don't necessarily know what they are, but when we start mapping the successful or happy moments and the unsuccessful, there's a clear pattern that emerges. And so I did this process myself and I came up with six words, aligned, zany, free, unmistakable, successful, and vulnerable. Oh, and these words were across my relationship my job. I mean, I I wasn't identified or defined by any container, like a relationship or a job out there. This is what I brought to every situation. And the ones that could hold it really well, I was always successful in. And the ones that were not a good fit for me, I was always unsuccessful in. And it started explaining every moment of my life. Why this worked, why that didn't. Why this was successful, why this wasn't. Why blogging, I thought was going to be good, but why it actually wasn't good. All of these things just started making sense. And that was what seven, six or seven years ago now. And you know, obviously um, the work has exploded since then, but overnight, really interesting. One of these people said to me, Mike, my friends want to um, do this. What do you call it? I was like, I have no idea. I don't even know what this is. So I said, well, it's branding, but I guess it's um, sacred branding. So I called it sacred branding. Um, she sent that to her friends. A few weeks later, my schedule was full and that's you know, work we've been doing for many years now. And it's work that has taught me so much about who I am. So I've come to really um, be skeptical of titles and containers because when you ask me who I am, who I always am is I'm freaking zany, listen to me, right? I am vulnerable and I'm gonna tell you stories that, I've written very vulnerable stories that would make people cringe, but I can't help it. That's who I am and that's the unique brand, the unique gift that I bring to the world that nobody else has and everybody has that.
0: That's, that's really interesting that one, you did a failure celebration, and this is something that I encourage everyone to do. Um, and the way you have put it, it, it was like watching a trailer for a very um how do i a very exciting movie and you want to watch the movie, <laughs> you want to watch the movie so that was the trailer so thank you for uh demonstrating that but i just want to go back a little bit because there are things that you've said that i really yeah, would like to just talk about so you said that you woke up one day and you started vomiting blood was that mm-hmm. because of a disease or was that because of a mental pressure you had or stress or anxiety, what was the reason that basically turned your life upside down? And how did you, like everything you've just said, I can only imagine how you felt from going from, from a healthy person to someone vomiting blood and then having someone to take care of. And then, so all of that, how was it on you emotionally?
1: A lot. So I say, you know, everything looks, Glamorous in retrospect, believe me, in the midst of it, it did not feel very good. Um, you know, it sounds like a good story now, but um, you know, I don't know is the short answer. Probably it was a mix of stress and disease. Um, what I was diagnosed with was severe pancreatitis and some organ um, infections and organs. Um, I don't, they don't know for sure what was wrong with me. I did get now, you know, I'm i um, conscious of my diet. So I'm dairy free and gluten free. And there are certain things that I don't drink alcohol. There's things I have to do to maintain my health. But um, basically they don't know. Something just happened one day probably caused by stress. And I was very, very sick and I didn't take medication. I just went to Reiki acupuncture. I mean, I am so crazy. I wrote a personal letter to every member of my family telling them everything I've never said to them. I, you know, ask for forgiveness from every person i know. I, you know, i mean, I really like I thought i was going to die. And so i just put through everything out. I read every book you can imagine. I did tapping, i did reflexology, i did every exercise out there because i thought this is my chance to fight for myself. Do i actually care about myself? And if i do care about myself, i need to know who i am. And so that's what kind of got me on this path of realizing that the brand I, that I identified with, this identity of either being a successful PR person or being, you know, heterosexual or being whatever, that brand I was so attached to was that truly all of me? And can it be fluid? And can it ever change? And when I say, you know, I'm aligned, zany free, blah blah blah, those are fluid things. They can change in any given moment. So it's not about. I'm in this strict type of because I've only dated women before, but this is the only thing that's right for me. Well, maybe it evolves. Maybe it changes. What does aligning with myself in every moment look like? And so it radically changed the way I start thinking about the world and life and masculinity, which I know is something we're going to talk about today. Yeah.
0: Thank you for that. Um, So what i'm more curious on is how was, how was it on you to cuz you you what i'm hearing is that the sense that i'm getting from you mike is you're someone independent you're someone who is someone who knows what he wants and what he does even when you're not knowing what you're doing and even when you're not fully aware of what you want to do you still are confident about it so i'm more interested to know what happened when someone got to take care of you and then he became your husband and then you had to explore who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. There must have been the confusion somewhere. There must have been the sense. Oh of, yeah. Daily. Why, why, why am I here? And what am I doing? Especially that after your, let's call it your incident, you had to write letters for your family members. So, the the silver lining between dying and living or feeling alive so tell us more about that
1: oh gosh so many things you know of course it was like I say it sounds glamorous in retrospect but it was a daily struggle I mean I remember um while I was healing myself and leaving my job I was going to nutrition and herbalism school at the same time I was navigating my first same-sex relationship Mm -hmm. and I said to my now husband these are the big life change, any one of these things is a big life change for people. And I'm going through it all at once. I mean, I, it was, I started going to therapy, of course I, you know, it was really challenging for me and it took us two years of, you know, we still dated women on the side. We weren't exclusive at first. It took us two years of figuring out, is this a real relationship? Can this work? Do we want to tell our families? Because I don't know, is this just, I was scared and desperate that I was going to die. And so we kind of got together, but it wasn't a real thing. And it took us time and space and you know i think i'm so grateful for that moment because my relationship with my husband now is so vulnerable and so open because that's how it had to start you know it it, it was kind of like two steps forward one step back is kissing okay no that doesn't feel good maybe hugging is okay like really figuring out what feels good and how can we communicate and get comfortable with one another and so um yeah I mean every aspect of it like I did not expect to be the person I am today and I think I had to let go a lot of what I thought I wanted and who I thought I was to open up to what was coming forward
0: that's very important too because a lot of times we would be thinking that we want something and we fight for it and we work hard for it and Mm -hmm. shut Mm -hmm. everyone down like you don't know this is what I want and then (laughs) with time or something happens and then we wait a second no I think I want something else so and that's all part of having a life purpose Um, and it could take years and years so I really salute you for finding your life purpose and (laughs) having the courage anyhow to, to go from one place to another which people would perceive as from one extreme to another having said that were you supported did you have a strong support system for both of you?
1: Yeah. You know, I think in general, yes. Although we didn't tell our families that we were together for almost two years. So, and that was really hard on me because I'm close with my family, but Garrett wasn't comfortable yet. And so um, that was something we negotiated together. And so in general, yeah, I mean, we lost friends for sure. We lost, you know, some people in our lives as we were going through this process. Um, But there's so, I feel very blessed that I've had supportive people in my life. And I feel like, um, together, we've built even more supportive people around us in the community where honestly, right now during COVID, I feel like I'm having the deepest conversations with people. I watch TV shows daily with you know friends over Zoom or you know uh, virtually. And it's been really nice to feel like, you know, because I think this idea of purpose, we talk about purpose so, so um specifically like when people say purpose 90 percent of the time they mean a job and the other 10 percent of the time they mean a relationship and so people of these are the main pathways people come to to talking about purpose but the thing is i have a purpose right now talking to you i have a purpose getting dressed i have a purpose in my spirituality and watching tv and like of course i do that's, i mean it doesn't important. make sense
0: that's very important could you maybe highlight the distinction between what you just said because that yes. is a really important distinction
1: of course. The thing is, we talk about purpose as something that's aspirational or achievable, right? We say, I want to be a life coach. I want to go do this job. I want to go write a book. And that's wonderful. But if we can achieve it, that means we can fail it. And that doesn't make sense. You can't fail your purpose. And also, if you can achieve it, that implies you didn't have it at a certain point. So did you just not have a purpose as a baby? That doesn't make sense either. We're talking about containers for a purpose. It's kind of like, Pouring. Okay, so here's an example. I drink a lot of water, and I'm very lazy. So I drink my water out of a giant mason jar, because I don't want to fill up my water all day. But theoretically, if I went to a friend's house, and they gave me a tiny little cup full of water, I would drink out of it because I want the water. If you gave me my big mason jar full of alcohol, which I don't drink, I probably wouldn't drink it. Now, most of us live our life thinking about just the container, right? We think, well, I just want this job rather than is just this job going to make me feel aligned and zany and free. And so we put all of our eggs in a lot of baskets or we think our whole purpose is there. I can tell you, I've worked with hundreds of people who've broken up, gone through a divorce, retired, gotten laid off, gotten fired and feel like they've lost their purpose because we put all of it into the containers. The purpose was never the um, mason jar it was the water inside. It's the essence. That's who we are. And every moment, when I'm looking at a painting, I want to feel something. When I'm reading a book, I want to feel something. When I buy a product, I want to feel something. That's an essence. And we have that with one another. And when we know the essence of who we are, then it becomes really easy because it's kind of like, oh, I've got boiling hot tea. I can pour that into plastic or glass or a mug or a cup, but if I pour into plastic, it's probably going to break down. And if I pour into a glass without a handle, I'm probably going to burn myself. So when we know the essence, it gets really easy to start figuring out the containers that are going to work for us.
0: That's brilliant. (laughs) That is brilliant. And so, yeah, because the other day I, I, I I saw something on the social media, someone um, Mm -hmm. I really look up for, and he was talking about the purpose, like why are people so obsessed by having a purpose? And it's not that you shouldn't have a purpose. That's good, just like you said. But also if you keep obsessing on, I wanna have a purpose. I don't know what my purpose is. I'm not doing that because I don't have a purpose. Then you're basically wasting your time and you're wasting so much energy and you're wasting so much of your potential and creating something that could be leading you to a purpose but you're so obsessed on one thing because you're seeing a lot of people around you doing stuff and you're just watching yourself. Hmm. I want to be that person. I want to be that person. Maybe my purpose should be like that purpose. So
1: <laughs> right.
0: you, you, you know what I mean? So how do you work with your clients on that area? Cause I'm pretty sure you face a lot of these situations.
1: Oh, sure, sure. So, you know, we're talking, what you're talking about is conditional purpose, right? That like my purpose, I want to find, again, a job. Usually we're talking about a job. We want to do something with, or if not that, people say, well, I want the relationship, the big love. And those are beautiful containers for purpose. The things you want to feel within those, theoretically, you can feel anywhere. And so we call it sensitivity mapping because here's the thing. What you can achieve is fleeting, right? Like I, if I get a great job or even the work I do today, it evolves over time. If I thought that you know, my dating life or my job life was always gonna be static, I wouldn't be here today. I had to work through that to realize, wait a minute, I'm more than just those things. But yeah. what doesn't change over time is our sensitivities. The moment we were born, some of us were sensitive to some things and some of us were sensitive to others. And if you're sensitive to music, let's say, You can probably hear notes that I can't hear because if you're sensitive, sensitive means able to sense more. See, taste, touch, smell, hear more. You are more experienced in that area of life. You're gonna feel more trauma there, right? Like if I'm sensitive to freedom, which I am, I'm gonna feel trapped way easier than other people, even since I was a baby. And I'm gonna look for opportunities to free myself and free others. And when I feel creatively free, I'm gonna produce my best work. And when I'm helping to free others, I'm gonna be the most magnetic when i know that that's been true since i was born that means my biggest trauma every moment of trauma i've ever had i felt trapped or unfree. every moment of success i've ever had i felt free that's giving me something now when we're mapping our experiences what we're doing is noticing in every lived experience what were our sensitivities doing and when we know that very easily now i can say oh pit in my stomach that means unsuccessful this is no like that i can tell you You know, When I think about, ooh, do I want to hire a person? This is the best thing I do. I say, okay, how will you help me align my business? What does freedom mean to you? What do you think I need to do to be successful? I'll literally use those words and see how they answer it. And if they answer it in a way that feels resonant, well, then I'll hire them. Well, this is the best because here's the thing. It's also the energy medicine that makes us most magnetic. It's what people want. Right now, if you ask me a question and I don't know what the answer is, let's pretend. And I think, okay, Mike, All I have to be is aligned and zany and free and all my things. So let's say you ask me, you know, Mike, with COVID and everything, what's the future of business? Or where do you think things are going? And I could say something like, you know, Ray, I'm gonna be vulnerable with you. I don't know. Things are changing and I honestly don't know the answer. But what I can tell you with certainty is when you align with who you are, there will always be your best path for success. Because aligning with ourselves means tapping into our vulnerabilities, tapping into our zaniness, the thing that makes us unmistakable, the thing that only we can be successful in and that frees us to be that success. So there's nothing better we can do than align with ourselves. So I can't tell you with certainty where things are going, but I can tell you why sensitivity mapping is important because aligning with yourself will always be important. No, I literally just made up that answer on the spot, and I basically took those six words and strung in a few buts and ands in there, and that's it. So no matter what we have in life, we know where we're geniuses and most magnetic because we've been doing this our whole lives. We've been sensitive to these things our whole lives without even knowing it. That's
0: that's one perspective. I love I like I love it. So so could wow wow mike okay <laughs> would it be possible for someone to be sensitive for more than one thing
1: absolutely so what we it sense possibly sensitive to a million things this is life what sensitive map sensitivity mapping is really about is we go through a process in sacred branding of mapping your entire life and figuring out kind of the key emotions that you feel in your most um, resonant or kind of um, impactful moments. And that may be a hundred emotions, right? It's a lot, but we boil it down to five or six Mm. umbrella or core emotions that everything is coming back to. So for me, do I feel every emotion? Sure. I'm human, but why I might feel angry or upset is probably because I feel trapped in the moment. Or because I feel like a failure, or because so there are core kind of emotions, five or six we bring it down to core emotions or sensitivities that are speaking to all the others. And so what we're doing is we're actually packing things in. Like for example, if you know you ever go through the sacred branding process, what you'll find is that we're kind of looking at what's the umbrella term. So okay, if I feel successful, I automatically feel aligned. If that were true for me, we don't need aligned because it's already in successful. And what we're doing is we're packing under what sensitivity mapping is is understanding our relationship to language our relationships to our sensitivities i don't care if your words are sally bob and jim i could not care less if those words make you feel these things and help your mind understand you that's all i care about and that's why i like this work because it's really about true subjectivity you know i'm a big fan of personality tests i love them i've taken every single one but the great thing about the thing about personality tests is it's not in my language. It's not how I identify with the world. When I'm able to map life and understand it through my language and how I relate to words, it opens up a whole new world. And I have a story about this and it's a good story. So I, you know, one of my words is zany. Like who the hell would ever pick zany? But nonetheless, you know, it was on there. This is why this isn't about your desires. Trust me, it's not what you want. It's what's true. It's what's been in my lived experience. So one day I'm flipping the channels And I paused because I heard the word zany. And I wouldn't have stopped, but I heard this word. And how often do you hear that word? And it was um, the 1997 Cinderella with Whitney Houston and Brandy was on TV. And Whitney Houston was the fairy godmother. And she was singing, but the world is full of zanies and fools who don't believe in sensible rules and won't believe what sensible people say. And because these daft and dewy dye dopes keep building up impossible hopes, impossible things are happening every day. I would not put you through the horror of me singing to you. So anyway, um, I hear this and I think, oh my God, this word zany is about magic. It's about believing in the impossible. It's about doing the impossible. It's about being a fairy godmother to yourself and others. This is so resonant. And in that moment, I had a flashback to being four years old and watching the cartoon Cinderella with my grandmother. And my grandmother was the most intuitive, magical person I've ever met. And she truly believed I was gonna change the world. And she believed in me so much. And I'm sitting there having this really meaningful moment of why I felt so connected to her. And she's a person who really did the impossible all the time. And then as I'm remembering this, I remembered a quote a friend gave me. And the friend um, gave me this quote because it reminded them of me. And the quote was, it's kind of fun to do the impossible. And I just loved how like flippant and nonchalant, like, yeah, if I feel like it, it's kind of fun. And I thought that is so cool. So I pulled out this uh, quote to see who said it. And it was by Walt Disney. And that's only a fraction of so many other stories I can tell you about there's something significant that happens when you're using your own language and your relationship to language.
0: I love that. I I do believe in science and I do believe that the universe speaks to you over and over and over again until you are capable and present to, to actually listen and get the message.
1: Um, Absolutely, and and our our entire, that's the thing. So many of us think our life is wasted. We've been off of our purpose, right? How many times have I heard that, off your purpose? Well, here's the thing. What if our life is just data? We have endless data and we just have to map it. And when we map it, it all tells the same story over and over and over again. And we know, you know, this is why this didn't work out. You know, it's kind of like, the example I give is it's kind of like shooting darts in the dark. So the lights are off and we're trying to shoot darts and we're trying to hit that bullseye. And most of us live our life that way, where once in a while there's a miracle and we hit that bullseye and things just work out. But even if we hit that bullseye, we have no idea what we did or how to repeat it because we, the lights are off, we don't know. But when we're mapping our sensitivities, what we're doing is we're mapping every moment in our life that we've hit that bullseye and we're understanding why and how. It's like we flip the lights on, I can't guarantee you that you're gonna hit the bullseye every time, but I can guarantee you that you will know how. You can see exactly what you're doing and you can practice and practice i mean when i first started you know my business or giving interviews or talking to my husband i didn't know how to be vulnerable in a same-sex relationship i didn't know how to be vulnerable in interviews but i knew with certainty that that's a pathway for me so i practice and i practice because we have so much conditioning pulling us away from who we are that what we need to do is practice actually being ourselves which sounds ironic but that's always going to be our key to life the more we are authentically ourselves, the more successful we will be always.
0: No, that's true. You are right. And now I think authenticity is the word of the era, because um, the more authentic you are, or the more open you are to be fully yourself without any boundaries, or without any masks, without any filters or layers, the more comfortable and lighter you can be. And then you would be able to serve yourself and others um, because it's too heavy. I feel from a personal experience having those masks yeah. and not having the, um, mm-hmm. the energy to be yourself, it's too heavy. It, it's really not worth it. Um, so tell me more about the masculinity when it comes to this mapping, uh, sensitivity mapping. Yeah. I do know that it has many definitions and it's quite unfair to just put it in one corner and this is what masculinity Mm -hmm. is. I don't want to go there, but based on your experience, what does it look
1: like? Absolutely. Thank you. This is a beautiful question, a beautiful segue. Um, You know, masculinity is something that obviously culture to culture, you know, throughout time and space has had different definitions. And the masculine feminine construct, if it's helpful, let's use it. If it's not helpful for you, throw it away. But for many people, this is a, you know, we are steeped in a culture that has um, a lot of conditioning around this. And so for me, it can be really helpful to understand and work through. And One thing that I think about is we see so many men today, especially having, feeling like they have to prove or assert or defend masculinity, right? Like it can be taken away from you. And here's the thing. If it can be taken away from you, then it hasn't been fully claimed, right? If you have to assert it, if you have to defend it, then it's not really yours. You haven't fully claimed it. And the challenge, the real kicker with this is we can't claim what isn't authentically us. So I can't claim that I have blonde hair because I don't, right? I can try my hardest to claim that, but I can't claim that. And so if I'm trying to claim a brand of like, oh, I'm this big tough guy and I do these things and that's not authentically me, I will spend the rest of my life trying to defend that and prove that and being increasingly aggressive when people try to take that away from me. But if I claim a brand of who I am, that's really truthfully, no one can take that away from me. I don't care what you say to me. And it's not just masculinity. I have a brand of femininity that's also uniquely me. And guess what? The more I've claimed that brand of femininity, the easier it's been to claim my brand of masculinity because the two aren't working against each other. It's kind of like, for me, strength training and stretching. If I stretch, it doesn't take away from strength training. It adds to it. The more that I'm all of myself, the more I can be all of myself, obviously. So it doesn't I love matter the great where we dances. start.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love well, the knowing,
1: <laughs> yes. Well, you know, because it's knowing who we are and not being afraid to be all the parts of ourselves. And, you know, not feeling we have to prove or defend. If someone says to me, you know, Mike, you're not that masculine, cool. That means you have a different de- definition of masculine than I do. But according to my definition, I'm super masculine because I'm me. And that's fine. Right now, today, our world has such a narrow, limited view of masculinity that very few of us, men or women, fit into it. Very few of us. So why are we trying to prove and defend something that we really aren't? It doesn't give us any more power or worth. We are the most resonant and powerful when we are ourselves, by far. And we can feel that today. Every time that we're hanging out with a friend and we can let those masks down and let the guard down, time flies by. Genius spills out of our mouth. We feel happy and excited and we do our best work, right? That's what we all need to be living. That's what mapping sensitivity is about. What's your brand of masculinity? What's your brand of genius? What's your brand of purpose so that you can show up and make the impact that you're meant to make in the world?
0: Yeah, 100%. Speaking of being masculine, um, now it's Jan. In October, I did a campaign with the help of Uh, my friends, and we did it to raise awareness on men's mental health, and also in honor of my dad's soul, Mm -hmm. because I lost him 10 years ago, he died by suicide, and back then he was not given the opportunity to really be himself, like I was his best friend, I really did not know he was depressed, so we did that campaign, Mike, we had community events and activities like running, cycling, um hiking we really had fun to raise awareness Mm -hmm. but I also asked a lot of my male friends to just record short videos and say something about mental health as a man I received quite a lot of interesting videos but one Mm -hmm. really stood out one really really stood out and he's gonna know who he is and he said Mm -hmm. be a real man and cry be a real man and feel the feelings, just mm-hmm. be a real man. And then I was like, yeah. that's that's it. That's the whole yeah. purpose of this campaign. I don't wanna be in a society that tells a man, do not cry, just be a man about it. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna be yeah. raising my son one day, if I ever had a son. <laughs> With In a school that would belittle his feelings just because he's more sensitive or he's just more empathetic or just because he... I don't want that. So this masculinity branding, for me, it's just be human.
1: Yeah. Right. 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 Be yourself. Be who you truly are. And I think, you know, it's a radical act. Like, I don't want to minimize this because for especially the men listening, like being able to... Feel our full emotions and express them is a radical act in our world today and it's not very supported but it takes immense courage and that's how we're changing the world right that's how being able to actually be in touch with our emotions and realize that men can have more emotions than just anger the world out there tells us that anger is the only emotion no matter what we have to filter to that men can cry men can laugh men can feel things men can feel envious men whatever there are so many human emotions and that's what's truly who we are. That's authentically us. That's our brand of life. And it might look differently than you. You might not cry as much. Only, or me. Okay. Truth is, I. If it's okay, it's great. <laughs> like my husband will cry at any movie. I am heartless. I never cry at movies. And you oh, know what, both are great I, and both are okay. I but I can be, <laughs> I'm the most vulnerable person. I don't shut up when about my issues and love talking about deep talks. And he's completely stoic and doesn't like to have that. And that's okay too. It's being who we truly are and being fully human and making space for the diversity of life because that's what makes us so great and beautiful and learn from one another. You know, that's why we all have our own sensitivities because we are all diverse beings. Every one of us has different lived experiences, has different sensitivities, and so therefore we have different gifts for the world. And if we are deprived of those gifts, this world is really missing out. And it's really sad if we see the same perspective or the same voice over and over again, because we're losing an immense amount of wisdom that can take all of us forward.
0: That's a moment where I feel like saying, Mike drops the mic. <laughs> 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 well, Mike, um, what tips would you give anyone, men specifically, who would want to start somewhere? They really don't know.
1: So. Uh- you know, for me, it's really going back to our past experiences and figuring out what formula is already in place. Um, we have a free training for that, of course, that you go, welcome to go to at mikeimeli.com slash map. But Ray, if you want, if we have the time, I'm happy to do some like free workshop play right now with you.
0: Wow.
1: Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm putting you on the spot. So are, are, are you yes. open to that?
0: Yes, I am. <laughs> Maximum. Okay. I so it's going
1: to be really... <laughs> I love it. So it's going to be really, really easy. Okay. And for everyone listening, um, everything I say to Ray, you can get that and more with a worksheet at mikeimle.com map. It's free. So it's only 36 minutes. So go check that out. Um, but okay, Ray, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for a moment. Mm-hmm. And I want you to think of three jobs you've had in your life. Now, these could be Pretty way tough. back since you know high school, just three mm-hmm. jobs, it could and if you can't think of three jobs, it could even be roles like volunteer work or being the role of a mother or the role of a friend or anything, somewhere where you're helping someone, just three okay, jobs or opportunities. Count.
0: Does my existing business count or not? And
1: your existing business counts. Anything oh. counts. Yep. So your existing business counts. All
0: right.
1: And I want you to tell me about one of those jobs right now. And when you tell me about the job, tell me what you made people feel feel in that job. So did you make people feel safe? Did you make them feel connected? Did you make them feel loved? Like what? Give me three things you made people feel in each of those jobs.
0: Welcomed, supported, um, safe.
1: Okay. So do you mind telling me what the first job is? It's okay if you don't want to.
0: Yes, it was my first, not my first, one of my first. Can I open my eyes?
1: Yeah, open your eyes. Of course.
0: welcome back, Ray, welcome back. So the first one was a receptionist. I used to work at a university and I worked as a receptionist. And I used to hear that a lot that you make our day Mm. much more better because we are either uh, as trainers or uh, teachers or as students. So I would be Mm. this bubbly girl on the reception. Hello, have a nice day. How are you doing? Mm -hmm. What class are you going to? So I used to be that person. And the second one, um, what came to my mind was while I used to work in PR and media relations. So I used Mm -hmm. to not only plan and organize events or weddings, but I also used to be there. So I'm always the person who you would see the face. I'm always in your face, always there, smiling, making sure your event goes well. Um, If there's any problem, you would see me just running around and trying to solve the problem, but with a big smile on my face. My existing business as a coach and a trainer and a speaker, I listen to people. I make them feel safe in order for them to speak up and actually express what's going on um, from the inside and then try to to Mm -hmm. work it out and express it on the outside. So yeah, I would say welcome, supported and safe.
1: Awesome, awesome. Perfect. Thank more, you. Thank much you, Ray, more. Seriously. Ray has so much. Now to I want that, you... <laughs> but... Oh, I'm I'm sure. I don't I don't doubt it. I do not doubt it. And um, this is why we just gave him the tiniest taste, a little shoddy version here. Um, so I I want you to think of one of the happiest days of your life and or the happiest moments, and tell me three things you felt in that moment. Damn it, Mike. Happiest.
0: Day. Hmm. Happiest day of my life. Every day is a happy day for Ray. Hmm. Yeah, well, any happy
1: day it could be any happy day. It doesn't have to be the most.
0: Uh, well, recently my business just won third place in a competition, worldwide competition. So that hey. we lose
1: congratulations.
0: <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, that could be one of my happy. Okay.
1: Days. Recent. Happy All right. So what did you feel? And
0: I felt. What proud. did you feel that day? I felt proud. Yes. I felt um, relieved. I felt heard and seen.
1: Mm, Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And now I want you to think of one of the most challenging moments of your life or, you know, frustrating moments, nothing that's re-traumatizing to think about, but if there's something that really comes up that you uh, feel ready to go into and tell me what, you don't have to tell me the moment if you don't want to, but tell me what you felt, three things you felt in that moment.
0: Babe, you're talking with a coach. I'm okay with speaking about anything.
1: All right. I love it.
0: Um, So there are two challenging and life-changing events. My dad's suicide Mm -hmm. and my uh, breakup. Mm -hmm. That was in Mm -hmm. 2014. Yeah. Okay. Both of them.
1: And what did you feel in each of those moments? Give me three Um, things you felt in each.
0: Let's start with the breakup. In the breakup, I felt free weird but i felt free because
1: okay
0: um, that breakup basically transformed my life into where i am right now so yeah. i felt yeah. free free of all the obligations of being in a relationship free of being the woman that i was trying so hard to be when i was really not that woman free yeah. of people's expectations free uh free i'm just free even though i was so in love with them <laughs> and but but I just felt free so my hair was long I cut it so short I quit my job I went on a self-improvement workshop I applied to a job to another country I just felt free like yay <laughs> you know yeah. Um the second one which is my dad's suicide I felt betrayed I yeah. felt abandoned I felt yeah I felt, oh, I felt all ev- all the emotions at once, but yeah, my yeah. two strongest would be betrayed and abandoned. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And if you, um, what would you have rather have felt? So, you know, I know you felt betrayed and abandoned. Mm. If you kind of had a magic wand, would you have rather have felt, you know,
0: um, connected
1: or supported or loved? <sighs> What would you have rather felt if you could I give yourself a, feel- a magical gift?
0: I never asked myself that question. I usually do that with my clients. Um, what would I would rather feel? I don't know. I never thought about it. I would say mm-hmm. The word that is coming to my mind, it's grateful, but I'm not so sure if that would be really the word yeah. for me. But I would, I would always say grateful. Grateful, yeah, grateful for the lessons, grateful for the pain, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. grateful for the, the support that I thought I never had, but I actually was supported more than I imagined to be. I would say grateful, but at that moment I was not. So I would have maybe, I would want to feel grateful at that moment. Um, What else? Loved.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Loved.
1: Mm. I love it. This is so beautiful. And then in your breakup, I know you felt free. So that was a positive feeling. But for any negative feelings, what would you have Over. rather felt on the negative parts?
0: Ah, uh, for my breakup or my dad's suicide. So mm-hmm.
1: For your breakup. My for breakup. your breakup.
0: Betrayed. Betrayed.
1: And what we, would you? What would you have rather have felt?
0: On a negative feeling, I would have rather felt. Mm, Instead of betrayal, I would go for, <sighs> hmm, I don't know.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, we, oops, sorry. Well, I'll, I'll let you sit on it. But what yeah. we've already noticed, and I know this is a, a quick process, is we've heard you talk about supported a number of times. So right there, we've seen this, that you... You know, made people feel supported in your receptionist job and a few of your jobs. You made people feel supported in PR. You helped people to, uh, or when you, um, with when your father passed, you wanted to feel supported and wanted to feel that connection and that gratitude. And so right away, we're already saying, okay, support is a theme. I'm gonna guess, Ray, that in a, the moments of your life that were the happiest, most successful, you felt very supported. And I'm gonna guess that if you think of some of those challenging moments in your life, you felt unsupported. And I'm gonna throw in there just for the sake of it, even though we did a very short mapping here, um, you also have you know, have felt a challenge between feeling welcome and unwelcome or connected and unconnected, between supported and unsupported, um, we're loved and unloved. When we re- break this together, now this is just our shoddy version. So definitely go to mikeiml.com map to actually get your own free version, which is a little bit more. Um, we can start to see. Oh, these are themes. I'm really good at supporting people. A job that would be excellent for you is a job where you support people. Great, you have one. So that is fantastic. If you're looking for a relationship, a re- support has got to be the number one thing. This has got to be a supportive person. Yeah, if you yeah. are looking for you know friendships, they've got to be supportive. If you are looking, if someone asks you a random question, said, Hey Ray, you know, what do you think the future of this business? And say. Well, right now entrepreneurs need support more than ever. And so what I do is I help the guys support entrepreneurs to blah, 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 right? And there's your messaging right there. It's for you, every aspect, because what we do.
0: Oh my God, just today I re-shared a post on Instagram, how to support small businesses.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely, of course you did, because that's a sensitivity. We already see that in you. And when we actually go through the process of fully mapping them, you're going to, you start to see, oh my gosh, these patterns show up again and again and again for me. And now I know the levers I pull every time I'm successful and and fulfilled. And so I'm going to put myself in those situations and I will always feel purposeful because purpose isn't a thing we achieve. Purpose is the essence we want to feel. So (laughs) what is the definition of purpose for you? For you, purpose means feeling supported, feeling welcome, feeling loved, feeling connected, feeling grateful. That's what purpose means to you. And the moments that you're feeling that you will always feel purposeful and always be more successful
0: yeah amen yes i love that (laughs) okay i love it thank you thank you so much it's so interesting when i get challenged when i am the one challenging other people so Mm. thank you for that love you
1: Uh, thank you for being such a good sport i appreciate it
0: (laughs) thank you so mike what else would you like to say
1: Oh, so many things. But in consciousness of time, you know, I think the main point I want to give is that you never have to try to be yourself. If you're trying, it means you're being somebody else. And it doesn't mean that life isn't going to challenge us or push us, but there's some aspect of it that always feels like us, whether it's our brand of masculinity, our brand of purpose, our brand of entrepreneurship, our brand of whatever, like we don't have to try to be those things. We actually have to take off all the crap that tells us we can't be it so that we just get to naturally be ourselves. So you never have to try to be yourself. If you're trying, it means you're being somebody else. And I will tell you this conversation, thankfully, I feel like I just got to show up and hang out in my favorite, you know, my marriage, my friendships that feel good to me, my business, all parts of me where I just get to show up and be myself are the most successful and the most fulfilling. And that's what I want for everybody in life.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much.
1: All right. It's been such an honor. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, don't forget to, to like, save and subscribe and share it with your friends. I'll see you on the next one.